place it comfortably. Excuse me, I've got a bit of a croaky voice tonight. So, um, a number of us have just come back from doing a one-week session and uh, there were just a few thoughts about um, teaching that came to mind to me during the session that I'd like to share with you. And one of them, part of it came out of a conversation with Coral, who you know, who did the session. And Coral, as you may know, is a long-time um, student of Thich Nhat Hanh. Um, mindfulness is often described as being a non-judgmental awareness. And it's not quite as simple as that. It is non-judgmental in the sense that we're not making harsh, black and white judgments about ourselves or other, that we can not project um, uh, assumptions onto things in life and so on. <clears throat> but nevertheless, it's not quite as simple as that. The fact is, as human beings, we can't go through life without making judgments and making decisions about things. And what we're doing all the time, if I can nuance the language a bit by using another word rather than judgment, is that we're assessing situations all the time. You know, we assess um, how, to, how to respond to another person socially, interpersonally, we respond to things that happen with um, inanimate things, you know, we make assessments all the time in work, we can't really get away from it. And we, we couldn't function without that, that um, ability to make assessments. So when it comes to meditation practice, it's, a, it's not quite accurate to say um, that it's non-judgmental. Yes, we're trying to take the, the emotion out of it, um, but at the same time, it's kind of like having a scientific kind of mind, like a scientist would have a non-judgmental mind in that, that they don't want to project assumptions onto the empirical data they're dealing with, but they're still assessing and evaluating something. And when it comes to our own practice, our own experience, <coughs> there is an assessment that we're making moment to moment. And there's a lovely metaphor that Thich Nhat Hanh uses is that when we're practicing with meditation, we're practicing with discernment, or wise discernment, and what we're assessing moment to moment in ourselves is uh, whether there are experiences that are coming up within us, thoughts and emotions that are wholesome, or ones which are unwholesome. You know, we can, we, can, we can tell the difference between um, resentment and um, joy, you know, or love, you know, or hate and love, you know. Um, all those different opposites, restlessness or equanimity. And uh, we, we're aware of it coming up. Grasping mind, you know, avoiding mind, we become clear of it. So we need to assess when that's coming up. And Thich Nhat Hanh uses this metaphor that to be a meditator, it's like you're a gardener and, and your only business is to be a gardener. And the gardener waters the flowers right, that come up. The, the gardener doesn't water the weeds. It doesn't want weeds to come up. So if weeds are coming up, you don't encourage them to come up. 
if flowers are coming up, you encourage them to come up with sunshine and, and water. So mindfulness is kind of like nourishing that aspect of experience. And, and in a simple Buddhist psychology, <coughs> we are being aware of um, greed, hatred and ignorance or grasping, aversion, apathy, if you want to use those words. And we're trying to see through that so our true nature can emerge, like the flowers of joy and equanimity and love, etc. Right? So that's, that's the transformation that occurs. So it's important that we're discerning that experience. You know, if resentment comes up, it's not appropriate to be feeding it. You know, feeding it with more thoughts, you know, and more emotion. You, you're aware that it's there, you're not denying it, you're not suppressing it, but neither are you feeding it in some kind of way. And if a feeling of love emerges, well, you, you just allow it to, to blossom in your mind. So there is discernment involved in it. And um, it's a very good metaphor that Thich Nhat Hanh uses, that your job is just to be the gardener. Right? You, you, you're just there tending to things, and, and you're not trying to grow flowers. Right? The flowers will just grow themselves. The gardener just has to take care of the garden, and nature will do the rest of the work. And uh, so just remember that when, when, you, when you are sitting, that gardening metaphor is a good, good one to come back to. You know, it's a very simple one. Now another, um, another uh, experience that became clearer to me too. Um, I spoke a few weeks ago after um, reading a book about mindlessness, the, um, the uh, what's it called? The... Uh, corruption of mindfulness in the narcissistic culture. It had quite an impact on me, that book, in some way. Um, and it was critical of, um, of meditation practices like self-compassion and loving-kindness. And it occurred to me during um, sitting um, that I, I came up with a kind of metaphor which fitted for me at least in terms of how to, how to practice in that way. So I, I kind of felt like I solved my loving-kindness kind. Um, and the metaphor that comes to me, I'm not comfortable with this idea of sending loving-kindness to me and then sending it out to others. But the metaphor that came to me is that it's like striking a bell. You strike a bell, and the bell resonates inwardly and outwardly at the same time. Right? So there's that, that strong metallic resonance inside, but it's going out and out and out and out and out in waves. And I remember what came back to me, um, have any of you been to uh, the Nantian Temple in Wollongong? Up on the hill they've got a huge bell, and you're invited to go up there and strike the bell. Right. And I remember going up there once when I was doing a retreat and striking the bell. And that, that same metaphor came to my mind, you know, that it's sending out a sense of goodwill in all directions. So that's one way of actually doing that practice. It's not about me. It's about when you strike the bell of goodwill or the, the, the bell of loving kindness or compassion, whatever you want to call it, it's like it, it radiates inwardly and outwardly, all at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, 
And that gives you a kind of um, a holistic way of, of dealing with that practice rather than it's, it, it's just focused inside in some way, you know, or it's just focused outside in some way. Um, it, it completes the whole picture. And uh, after all, uh, the, the Bodhisattva path, do you know, in Buddhism, is about, do you know, the vows you make to, um, uh, to reduce suffering in the world, you know, to end suffering in the world, and the vow that you make to recognize your own greed, hate, and hatred, and ignorance, and it arises. So our aspiration is um, to move towards some movement or gesture in the world or some action in the world that actually is transformative. And, uh, and so a, a bell metaphor, like striking, striking the bell of goodwill, so that as each time you breathe out, it's kind of like it's that striking of that bell and there's a kind of a radiation out towards everything in the world. And, and by doing that, you, you fulfill your, your vow and you make that connection. <laughs>